0: Can't hand you a business plan, but we can make you business-wise. So sit back and learn to make stacks with you, octopus of enterprise.
1: Hello, Diana here again in the deck. Just been talking funding and finance, and it reminded me that I promised you all an episode about getting investment ready. So I thought it was about time that we got some people together and did exactly that. And this is what they had to say. So today we're discussing what it means to get your business investment ready. We'll describe different types of investors, what these investors are looking for when they invest, and share some tips and tricks on how to get your business and yourself as an entrepreneur investment ready, as well as finding out who can be an investor. And who better to discuss all of this with than Jenny Tooth, OBE, UK Business Angels Association, Josh Winfield, Nat West, and Kieran Meta, Mercia Asset Management. Welcome all, welcome to the Octopus of Enterprise. How are you all doing today?
2: Doing good, thank you. Yeah, very well, thanks.
1: Great to see you all here. So in a previous Octopus Enterprise, we got together with a couple of funding experts and outlined the early stages of funding and finance for business. But what I'd like us to consider today is the different kinds of investors and investments out there waiting for businesses who've gone past that initial stage. And can I start with you, Jenny? Could you tell us a little bit more about the different types of investments and what it is that investors are looking for in an
2: enterprise? Uh, Yes, thank you. Delighted to be here. Um, I think when thinking about different kinds of investors, it's probably worth uh, kind of segmenting the the market a little bit. Um, So if you're the kind of entrepreneur who's got a business that's just ready now, you prove your concept, you've started to build that business idea and have got some customers, um, some some bit of traction, um, then that's a really good time to be thinking about angels. And angel investors are people who are actually using their own money taking their own decisions about what, what companies to back. They're often people who've been successful in business or they perhaps have been an entrepreneur and exited a business. But the main thing is they're bringing you their business experience alongside their own money. So that's that's worth thinking about when thinking about angels. But as you start to um, build and grow that business, then you'll be looking to the kind of people who run funds. And VC funds, um, are actually run, and you'll be meeting Kieran shortly as well, but, but VC funds are actually uh, run by people who look after other people's money. So unlike angels that are looking after their own money, uh, these are these, these are funds put together by people who actually uh, put their money into a fund and leave it to experts like Kieran to be able to make the decisions about what, what uh, companies to back. So those are very different kinds of, of, of activities, um, but there's probably quite a lot of similarities between us in terms of the way that we look and think about small businesses Um, and obviously I'm delighted also um, because clearly you know You've got a fantastic representative here um, from a bank and you'll be hearing how how banks function shortly. But but for me, again, a bank is a corporate. It's a very structured environment. And so, um, you know, the decision making about who to who to lend to and, and who to back uh, could be could be quite different in terms of the criteria to someone like an angel like me and the angels I work with.
1: Okay, that's brilliant, Jenny. But I'm aware that we've got a few terms in there that might not be familiar to everyone. So we've talked about VCs, venture capital, and we've talked angels. So you've explained the angel part of it. Kieran, can you give us a little bit around VC, that venture capital? What do we mean by that?
0: yeah so i mean venture means different things to to different people uh, but primarily it's usually your first institutional investor so as jenny talked about angel investors investing their own capital you can get a difference in terms of active and relatively benign angels. Um, So often you'll find once you get to the venture stage, there may be an element of professionalization, institutionalization that you need at that early stage. And that could be around us helping to build out the board, um, ensuring that there's strong corporate governance. Um, Certainly a chairperson very much helps uh, through that process. And then there's also the financials and making sure that they're up straight, they're in a good position that we can monitor them and Ultimately, it's around taking a company on a journey from, you know, an initial founder that's got a great idea, has got a lot of passion and enthusiasm for the business, and really starting to think that as you grow as a company and you need more capital from, you know, what may be a couple of thousand pounds from an angel investor through to kind of multi-millions as you get through to venture capital and later private equity, that how do you continue to give those investors confidence on that journey that everything is done correctly, everything's professional, and there's a good eye to it. So that's a big part in terms of the journey from Angel Investments, venture capital and and later private equity. And in terms of our approach, you know, it's very much a case of coming in and taking a minority share in the business. Um, So it's not around buying the management out. It's not about taking control. It's about essentially giving the company some capital to help them grow and prove investment milestones. You know, so ordinarily that business may be funded for, a year, 18 months, 24 months, whatever that may be. And really it's around giving a company enough capital so that on that journey they can get past certain proof points. So that may be advancement of the product. That may be some commercial traction through sales. It may be to support the build out of a certain function, um, sales being a key example. Um, And really so that at the end of that fundraising period and the kind of capital that we've put into the business, you can go out and raise again at an enhanced valuation because actually the business is worth much more at the end of the journey than, uh, than it is at the start.
1: And both of those kind of investments,
2: you want your money back, I presume. I'll probably answer that and say, no, we don't. That's the interesting thing there. And I think that's often the, the confusion because you obviously have got Josh here going to say a little bit more about wanting your money back. But the, the interesting thing is that's the difference. I mean, that is one of the big differences is that we don't look for our money back. But what we do look for is obviously great returns. We look to have the benefit of putting that money into the small business to really build and grow. So their success is our success. But we're not asking for money back along the way. Um, What we are looking for, hopefully, is that you're going to use our money wisely to build and grow a business and bringing you success and and us success along the way. And that's that's part of the kind of risk we take, because your business may not be as successful as you told us at at the start. So so that will be the difference.
1: Okay, I can see that Josh was nodding his head along the way as both of you were speaking there. So time to bring you in, Josh, and just outline some of the differences really about what a bank's looking for in terms of a business startup and and financing it in that way.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So it's quite an interesting standpoint that I can come in from in as much as um, I I actually represent the enterprise team within NatWest, which actually exists to support businesses that are or even individuals that are just thinking about starting up right the way through to scale up businesses. However, obviously, lending is a huge part of that. The big word for me that that, that Jenny was just saying that that sticks out is risk, because thank God for angel investment and grant funding and, and things like that for earlier stage businesses, because these are individuals and 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 organizations sometimes that that are much more comfortable and au fait with risk. Sadly, from a bank perspective, risk is a very much a, a, a dirty word. So certainly banks would look to finance and support a business, at least financially, at a much, much later stage where the risk can be disproved, where there is a proven track record of financial turnover that does suggest that if we lend you the money, you're good to give it back. And so, yes, it, it's important to have that return. However, the ancillaries of then getting the, the backing of a bank are, are sort of quite, quite broad in as much as banks own and, and have access to incredibly large networks, can facilitate introductions and referrals, et cetera. Increasingly, banks, whether High Street or at the, the peak of innovation like, like Starling and Monzo, they're turning more attention to the facilities that they can provide to businesses uh, on, a, on a softer enterprise skills perspective around investment readiness, around incubation and support, so that not only can they perhaps attract and retain customers a little bit more fiercely, but actually that they can support the business ecosystem and support you to grow. So from a purely financial standpoint, banks probably would um look to get involved slightly later from an investment perspective, but increasingly they are they are making a lot of headway to supporting businesses even at ideation stage.
1: That's great. I, I think, one of the things that I'd like to bring out in what you were saying there, Josh, is this idea of risk. And um, anyone who's investigated entrepreneurial traits will know that, you know, risk taking is something that states as an entrepreneurial trait. But I think when you dig deeper into that, the thing to understand about risk taking is, um, just like you were saying about, you know, a bank takes a calculated risk, an investor takes a calculated risk. It's calculated risk taking. So. What is it that makes a business investable? You know, what are the key things that you're looking for so that you are taking a calculated risk with that business?
3: I think for me, just to, to, to come in and answer that one, the, the big thing that actually I think differentiates or separates the successful uh, recipients of investment, whether that is angel or VC, and we do have a huge amount of businesses that we support in our accelerator hubs that, that do raise money that way, um, and even from a financial perspective, actually comes down to the quality of the entrepreneur, comes down to the quality of the individual that's seeking it. Um, and so to expand on that a little bit more, um, we, we regularly run events where we'll bring in you know angel uh, angel investors vc investors and run for want of a better term dragons den in a day uh, and the ones that the ones that are most successful are the ones that can clearly demonstrate not only traction but actually clarity in terms of the vision what they're trying to do with the business and how and then from there demonstrate how they're executing on a plan to directly achieve that that credibility is as important that credibility of the individual is as important as the backability and the investability that Obviously, clarity in numbers provides and et cetera, et cetera. But for me, it comes down to the individual and the strength of their character and vision more than anything.
1: Is is that the case across the board then? Would a VC go, oh, don't really like this person, but great possible investment?
0: Yeah, I think for me, there's four key things. And the top of the list, exactly as Josh said, is is very much team. And for me, I divide team into two things really. One is, is this an individual or individuals that have got the prerequisite skill set to build this business? You know, are they experts in this sector, whether that's from a technology perspective, whether that's being in larger commercial businesses, whatever that may be, you know, can I put my hand on heart and say, I think this team are significantly above average and can deliver in their given marketplace. The second bit is really behavioural. So is this a team that I think is backable, going to be transparent and highly collaborative? And the way I always look at it is the typical venture investment, unfortunately, depending which way you look at it, lasts longer than the average UK marriage. So actually is it (laughs) too I can sit on a board with for for once a month potentially for the next five to seven years, um, and I think that's really important on both sides of the fence. Really, one can I work with the founder and the entrepreneur, and, and vice versa, can they work with us in terms of their approach? And, and as I kind of touched on earlier, skills. The second bit's around product, which is very much you know, is this a product that we think can be market leading in the industry? And that may be the product today, or that may be the product roadmap, depending on which which point in which we invest. But is there some good traction there third bit is very much around market you know jenny touched on it earlier that we've got a lot of investments that we make and we want to make a return on it and actually the the angel investment and the venture model is very much around large and fast growing markets so it needs to be an area that on success it's got a big market opportunity and then the final bit to wrap it all up is is really product market fit, you know. So there's the old adage of if we build it, they'll come, which are, you know that is really quite a bit of a put off for us, and I think the majority of investors. So it's really on testing early on to say, I've got a great idea. I think I can build the product or I've built the product. But how do I start to give investors some comfort? And that may be revenue. You know, that's the easiest way. But for some real early stage opportunities, it may be some contracts. It may be good conversations with people within the industry. It may be a forward order book. So there's lots of different ways in which you can look at it. But does it have those four things pretty much in that order? And just maybe to to wrap up as part of Josh's point, I, I totally agree that, Team is first and foremost, and probably for me more than fifty percent of the whole equation. Um, so yeah, kind of three or four key areas, but without the team that you you want to work with, I think it uh, it all falls down.
1: Producer Henry's uh, just type it in the chat there that it reminds her of an episode of shit's Creek i don't know if anyone's actually watched that program um, i know i was an avid fan i did watch all the episodes and the making of and um, the story of you know of people who were hugely rich and successful and then lost all their money and ended up in in this motel and then they were looking for investment to get their rose motel back into the running as it were so what i want to know is would any of you have invested in the Rose family and the Rose Hotel?
2: One of the things worth bearing in mind is that we probably don't invest in people when they're down. So one of the the challenges there is few of us are investing, you know, businesses in trouble. So it's really important to bear in mind that, you know, loads of entrepreneurs have had a bad time under the pandemic, but you've got to show, you know, that you're definitely on the upward turn now and that you've actually got a business that is really, you know, really really investable and really ready to go now. So maybe we had to wait for that kind of turnaround to happen before we'd invest in that. But I mean, worth bearing in mind that, um, and it's been touched on quite a lot, that clearly, you know, as a team, it will be your resilience and your tenacity and your and your and your real passion and capacity that we're looking at. And some of that's quite difficult to tell, you know because we're we're investing as angels in very very early stage businesses so quite difficult to prove just how great you are and you may not even have the team with all the all the people you want in it so we're looking at potential um we're also often looking we're happy to see gaps in your team we know often with our investment you can fill those gaps by bringing some of those key hires on board so that's worth bearing in mind you know, have you got followers? What have you done to test it with customers? What tests have you made? You know, if you've got a a pop-up, have you tried to get people to come and, you know, buy it or see it or want to buy it and so on and what kind of intentions have you built around that so those are those are important issues but also you've got to really show um that you've looked quite widely at who else is out there so for me i'm incredibly keen on entrepreneurs who know the competition what are the models what are the products what other technologies are out there that are quite similar to what they are developing and building and do they really understand how they differentiate from that because for me i don't know back something that's the same as, as something else out there. I'm looking for something that's innovative, that's kind of disruptive, and that can really make a change in, in the market. Having that, that position in the market, what we'll call a, a defensible competitive position at that stage when you come to the investors will be very important for us and our confidence in putting our money behind you going forward.
1: That's brilliant, Jenny. So as well as talking about the traits of the person, and I and I like that idea of tenacity and resilience being part of those traits, but there's another great point that you make there about, you know, doing your homework, and, and Kieran was also listing out quite a lot of things. Are there any resources that you can point to, Any any sort of checklists of these things that those people who are seeking investment could do their homework by looking at what would help make that convincing picture to investors
0: i think from our perspective um i suspect there's probably some good information on our website and apologies i should have checked ahead of time but ordinarily it's myself feeding back to uh, to entrepreneurs directly but i think there is some investor readiness stuff that sits within our, our Mercia website One of our investors in the particular Mercy Fund that I sit on is the British Business Bank, and they do have a pretty comprehensive program on their website, which doesn't just help you get investor ready but it also talks to the various funds. It breaks down the difference between debt and equity and what which each of the different uh types of funding require. So I suspect as I, said, I suspect there's probably some good stuff up within the, the Mercia website um if you have a bit of a, a dig around but but failing that I know British Business Bank does have some some great resources too.
1: Yeah we've um talked about the British business bank's guide to finance because that is really comprehensive and what I love about that is a, a table which shows, you know, different stages of, of business for that. Um, Jenny, I know that your website has quite a lot of guides. Are there any that would
2: be your like top go-tos for people seeking investment? Yeah thank you. So we have we have a guide uh, for founders finding angel investment and you can find that on the UKBAA website which is very easy www.ukbaa.org.uk and look up entrepreneurs and we have a whole kind of entrepreneur hub that you can go to and draw down lots of information. Uh, there's lots of uh, templates and guidance. One of my tips I always say as well, um, and I'm sure Karen and Josh will agree, is like always looking at who else has been investing in in something similar to you. Um, So we have a very big directory of all of our investors, um, uh, which is, you know, really very comprehensive in terms of all the angel groups, early stage VCs and other 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 helpers and supporters. Um, And you can actually see what they've been investing in, which is incredibly informative, because that also guides you not only in who's already received investment, who's backing those businesses, but gives you a sense, again, about what I was saying about the competition, who's already done something similar to you. So I always recommend that. Um, We do a lot of um, training and support of entrepreneurs. So look out on our online calendar and try and uh, wangle your way into other people's pitching events.
1: That's a really good argument, Jenny, for being part of networks, being part of business networks. And um, we had a great episode um, all around what what networking is and isn't. And I think, you know, being being part of organisations, being part of communities like ours at NTU Enterprise or, or going along to events that people are putting on is is really part of building that picture of, what it might be to be an investable business, and as you say, going along and watching others pitch when you're not in the the hot seat, when they're talking about their business and you can just listen and go, hmm, should they have said it like that, or oh, that gives me a bit of doubt. And actually, being the being the person listening to the pitch is a, a really valuable thing to do, I think. Um, quick question, Jenny, you, you talked about uh, you know wanting to invest in something new, different, whatever. Is there anything that you've invested in that you didn't know you needed in your life and that you now
2: buy as a product or service? um I've, I've always been a bit random in some of my investments um i very much back a lot of women founders and i find myself being attracted by a number of things they do so probably one of my ones that i, I guess i didn't need but i really loved was i uh, invested in a in a very interesting uh, jewelry jewelry business uh, an online jewelry business which in fact has gone on to do really well and uh, exited recently so it was it was a great investment but um i might say though diane it did seem a bit frivolous at the time because i was- <laughs> other investments are around kind of healthcare and, and you know and ed tech and other things but um you know it, it wasn't even the product that drew me it was their fantastic women founders that made me want to back the business and had faith in the fact that they would be successful.
1: So that's getting back to your case about um, traits of the person. Rather than just necessarily the investment. And Josh, you were talking about how working in NatWest's enterprise sort of end of services, Mm. you're looking at a very early stage. So, is there anyone that's gone on to greater things that you're now buying something of?
3: Yeah, absolutely. God, there's loads to be honest with you because we deal with. As you, as you quite rightly say, you know, the very, very early stage, right the way through to scale up in in the four years that I've been in the bank, you know, you see some people go through that process. And so there's, there's a couple that perhaps won't necessarily be widely known, like Spearhead Learning, which is an online learning platform, which has gone from a, a standing start with two founders from an ex-military background to multi-million pound turnover and exit. And then on the sort of more um, insular level, there's a company that's to spring to mind based in Warwickshire called Burning Barn Rum. Uh, and again, they this is a husband and wife, team that that came in with nothing more than an idea uh, that you know that are now uh, whenever i walk into tesco's i see their products you know and i was their, their their one-to-one coach and and sort of talking them through those processes the agonizing discussions around Infrastructure distribution, etc. To, to see it there, uh, it's all I can do to not buy a bottle of rum every time I go into Tesco. To do <laughs> so yeah, it, it happens a lot, you know, um, and and certainly it's it's always gratifying, particularly when when businesses receive that material investment. But uh, it's it's always wonderful to see a business do well.
1: It makes you smile when you see products and services out there in the world that you've helped along their journey.
3: I completely agree. I think a big thing that unites everything that's been said in this conversation is you have to have a really clear sense of who you are and what you want from investment as the business owner. Because a lot of people will see a show like Dragon's Den or they'll watch something like Suits, uh, you know, um, a a fictional TV show or something, and they'll go, oh, okay." you know, when you get to a certain level of success in a business, you know, you go for, for, for equity, investment, VC, angel. And it's not right for everybody. You know, if you haven't got it, you know, if you if this is a labor of love for you or, or anything like that, then then that's not necessarily going to be the right route. And absolutely. You know, we do see and support a lot of organizations and a lot of businesses that, that absolutely love what they do. And that's that's how it's going to stay. They're going to remain in charge of it. So you've got to have a really clear idea of who you are as an individual, what this business means for you, rather than just arbitrarily going down a route based on on ego or, or, or that's what we think, you know, that that's what we think a moniker of success is, you know. You know, there tends to be this expectation that entrepreneurs place on themselves that you know they have to be good at everything and they have to be good at everything immediately. And, and what we find, particularly in the accelerator, is that means that people do make those arbitrary decisions around, OK, well, equity investment must be for me because we're doing well. It's the logical next step. You know, that individuality, really important. And if you take nothing else away from this conversation as a listener, really take time to understand all the different facets of investment that are available to you and pick the one that's right for you. You know, that, that's the I think that's the biggest thing you could take away from this conversation.
1: That's a absolutely brilliant conclusion there, Josh. I think there's lots of homework to be done, isn't there? Mm-hmm. So, you know, look at those guides um, that we've already referenced. Look at the British Business Bank guide to finance um, and funding, because investment isn't the only route to getting your business going in a way that you want to. We do have to bring this particular edition to a close, but just before we go, I wanted to ask one final question. If there's somebody listening here who's thinking, "Well, how do you become an investor? Is there a quick tip on who is the kind of person who can be an investor? Could I be an investor?" um and where would they go to find out about how to make investments
2: into business? If you want to be an angel, then you need spare financial capacity, in other words, money you prepared to lose because there's a, you know, you're taking massive risks uh, with early stage businesses. But you don't have to be rich, and that's the other big thing I want to really emphasise: that um, you just need some spare money that you're happy to put behind entrepreneurs. So, um, but if anyone's really interested, they should certainly come to uh, UKBA, and we have a we have a big online course called How to Be an Effective Angel Investor. So you can find that out on the UKBA course and uh Take the course and learn how to be an investor. But also, if you really want to join a group, we'll help you find the right angel syndicate or group for you. Speaking very loudly to women who may be listening to me, because we need a lot more women to invest, and also people from many other backgrounds and communities who may not have thought of it right
1: now. Yep. So some diversity in in our investor community would be really something—a rallying cry to those listening. Um, And Jenny, I'm presuming
2: that wings are optional. Wings are optional, but a halo could be useful.
1: OK, that's great. And Kieran, um, have you got any advice in terms of getting involved in, in VC groups?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, I think we could probably do another podcast and a full series of podcasts yeah. uh, on various routes into venture because it is quite widespread. There's probably, again, three stroke, four areas where we typically see in terms of people becoming an investor, you know, VC investor um, and as you touched on at the outset, kind of investing uh, as part of an institution um, and investing in other people's funds. That's ordinarily from people with either one a kind of corporate finance background to a really deep knowledge within a particular area that's hot at the moment. So, you know, is that someone with a PhD in a subsection of a certain life science arena? Is it someone that's really strong on a certain element of tech? um and then the third key one is kind of founders that have been grown a business scaled a business understood that journey and then want to turn investor and uh, and potentially don't want to do it with their own capital or not all of their own capital and want to go off and either raise a fund or, or work for a fund and then the final bit is we've got some great people that's come through mercia that have joined as an analyst post-university from a, a wide subsector of uh, of courses that really just interested in business very entrepreneurial keen to learn and and keen to develop, really, that have worked their way up from from analysts to, to whatever level they take it. Um, so that's a quick overview, but as I say, could uh, could probably talk about that one uh, much more at length on, on another podcast.
1: That's brilliant. Thanks, both. I think uh, that's a rallying cry to a load of audience to, to just do some research and, and get involved in investment in whatever way is appropriate for you. And unfortunately, that is all we've got time for today. Thank you so much, Jenny, Joshua and Kieran. Oh, I used your Sunday name there, Josh. And thank you for listening. I'm Diana Passac-Atkinson and this has been the Octopus of Enterprise.